I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Is it on? Oh, it is. I can hear myself in the headphones. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Ryan here. I'm going to be doing a podcast now with Shane. No, you're going to be doing the intro, lad. No, you said I could do the podcast. I said you can do the intro. Do the intro, hurry up, and we'll see what we can do later on. Okay, quickly, hold up that piece of paper there. Welcome, everybody, to the Digger Dad's Pure Shite. Hang on, can we cut it? I don't think we should be telling these people that it's a Pure Shite podcast. No one's going to want to listen to a pure shite podcast. You wouldn't buy a pure shite car and no one it was a pure shite car, would you? We're going to need to change that down the line somewhere, I'd say. Maybe we could call it Welcome to the Digger Lads Podcast with Ryan the Lad or something. Some class, you know. Just read the piece of paper, will you? Alright, your graveyard. Welcome everybody to the Digger Lads Pure Shite Podcast. Which I wouldn't fucking listen to. Get off the microphone. Yeah, good I might. Hey, gone. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. And it's absolutely wonderful to have you listening to this. If you're listening to it. Who knows? Maybe nobody's fucking listening to it. But I've decided to finally get on and do it. You know, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Something a lot of people have been asking for a long time. And I've just been putting it off, putting it off. And the reason being is because I'm fucking doing it on my own. You know, and... I was supposed to do it with someone else, but he then decided he didn't want to do it. And this is why it's taken me so long to just try and fucking <laughs> try and get down to doing it because it's tricky enough to do one on your own. And I recently had surgery on my eye, so I've been kind of sitting at home. I can't drive or anything, so I've been sitting at home uh, feeling sorry for myself and feeling a little bit miserable and stuff. So I thought to myself this morning when I woke up, it's time to do something about this lad. So I've set up all my gear, the kitchen table here, and I'm just talking into the microphone. There's nothing in front of me. No fucking script. I don't even know what is going to happen here. So if you can put up with me for the link to this podcast and start listening to the next one, 
hopefully we get a bit of a rhythm going and uh, make a thing of this because I would absolutely love that I would absolutely love that can I come on and tell a joke now huh can I come on and tell a joke no come on let me tell a joke oh, for fuck's sake this fella walked into a train station I'd say he was wanting to get on a train and he walked up to the ticket counter and he says to you one sorry Darnell any chance I can get a return ticket off yeah I'll give you money and I like. And your one was pure sound. She says to him, Absolutely. You'd like a return to where? And your man looks at her and says, To fucking here, like. Where did you hear that joke? Uh, Father Dempsey added that bit on to the end of the gospel. The gospel was pure shite, but that absolutely lifted it. It was great. Even all Brady laughed and she hardly fucking moved. Right, okay. I've got loads more stuff I could say, so... If I feel the need to talk, I'm just going to shout at you and you're going to have to let me on. Right, we look forward to that, Ryan. Thanks very much. The purpose of this podcast now is to give you something to listen to. And hopefully, you can take something from it. Whether it's just to have a laugh at the fucking funny bits. Uh, Should there be any funny bits? Or take on board the stuff I say. Any life lessons I've learned. Any advice I give out. If you can take something from it that will benefit you in any regard, I've done my bit. I'm not sitting in my kitchen waving my hands from side to side like a fucking agent because I'm enjoying it. This feels weird, so I'm just having spasms. (laughs) I'm just trying to help people. And I think we're living in a world now where a lot of people that you think are there to help you if you need them really show you they don't give a flying fuck about you when you do need them. People don't want to help each other anymore for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they're worried that that person might climb above them with that help or they might show them up in some regard. I don't know, but I just feel like we're living in a world now where no one is there for anybody. And I want to fucking help people with their mental state, with their mind, and I think the best way of doing that is to have a fucking laugh. We're also living in a fucking world now where we're not allowed to do things that we used to do. One of them being fucking laugh because you're a bad person. If you laugh, you're a bad person. And I want to change that. I'm not going to change that, but I want to change that. Comedy and laughing and having a good fucking time is the best cure for any kind of depression, mental illness. You know, it it really takes you out of those bad fucking places you're in. So hopefully this helps. Let's go. As a lot of you know, I am a parent. My son was three a few weeks ago. And he is diagnosed autistic, which in itself is a fucking mind fuck. I, I've no idea how the kids themselves cope with it, because it's very hard as a parent to, to try and understand what's going on. And um, every day is a new slate, you know, every day it's tough and they have these meltdowns and these fits and some days are absolutely wonderful. Other days it's like, can we just go to bed now and have a new day tomorrow? I've had enough. And it gets like that. It gets like that. It would get like that with with all kids. Absolutely. But I can only speak for myself and the fact that my son is autistic and he is like no child I've ever met before. And it, it's quite funny because he's he's very clever. Very clever lad. He can count past 100. He can go as far as you let him go. And it doesn't take him very long to learn the new numbers. But it's only recently... <laughs> It's only recently that he understood the concept of the word no. I remember, I'd say it's a couple of weeks ago now, I said to him, come over here now and help daddy pick up your toys. 
you've got all the toys out all over the floor. Can you come and help me pick them up? And he just turned around for the first time and said, no. And I laughed. My wife laughed. And that's what we get from now on. It's just ask him to do anything. No. But he could count past 100 six months ago. It's absolutely crazy the way it works out and the way the brain works in that sense. A simple concept like yes and no that we've been trying to, not drill into him, but trying to teach him from as far back as he could start talking. He couldn't understand, but he can count. He knows all his shapes. He knows all his colours. It It's fucking bizarre, lads. It's fucking great. Like, it's good fun. Like, you have good crack with it. But it's it's crazy the way it works out like that. And he used to say, when he wanted to say no, he used to say, yes, today. And I'll explain that. He used to say yes today because when we used to say stuff to him and he didn't want to do it, he would say, not today. And then I would say, yes, today. And then he thought, well, hang on, I'm saying it wrong now. I have to say it how daddy's saying it. And for fucking ages, lads, he kept going, yes, today. When he really wanted to say, can you fuck off now? I don't want to do that. And it, it was tricky because you bring him anywhere. Even when we're taking him to his appointments and stuff, the speech people and the OT and all this kind of stuff were asking him questions and asking him to do stuff. And he'd go, yes, today. And they're like, what's he saying? I'm saying he's telling you that he doesn't want to do that. But he's using the words, yes, today. And they said to me, that's the first time I have ever heard that. I said, me too. It was new to us as well. We understand it now. We're trying to fix it. But he was just so set in his ways with this thing. It took us fucking ages to get it back to what it is now, which is, no. It's fucking gas, lads. And I've only got the one child. You know, I've got an older brother there that's got fucking four of them. And I've got a younger brother who's got two. And my sister has got two. And I'm thinking, fuck, how are you doing that? My mother had five. What the fuck is wrong with you? I've got one and I said it to the wife. I said, look, if we are having any more, we're having one more. And after that one, I'm cutting off the ball bag. I'm sorry. I, I can't do three. You're outnumbered then. You're fucking outnumbered then. And it's just, it's tough enough now at one. I know they say that the, the older ones help the younger ones. You know, and they kind of grow up together and they kind of look after themselves. But God, it's just a risk. You know, it's a roll of the dice, isn't it? So we'll, um, we might have one more at some stage, but we're not fucking planning on it anytime soon. My son, one Monday morning, decided he wanted out of that oven seven weeks early. Here, Dad, I've had nothing here all. I want to come out and see what's going on out here. And out he came. Very fast. It was quite drastic. I remember that day like it was yesterday. It's over three years ago now and it's the very same as if it happened yesterday. I was in bed. We just so happened to be in the mother-in-law's house that night because over here in Australia, in places like Queensland and Western Australia where it gets quite hot in summer, February is a fucking hot month, lads. And if you haven't got air conditioning, you're fucked. I think houses out here should have to have air conditioning. It should be a legal fucking requirement. But anyway, we're in the mother-in-law's house. I'm laying in bed. I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and head off to work. I was digging trenches in around the port office there, laying stormwater drains, all that kind of shit. So, I'm laying in bed, trying to sleep. But I keep getting woken up to the missus. 
Now, do you know about when you're fucking asleep and the missus or someone is making noise beside you there, they're on their phone or they're fucking coughing and just making noises. You're kind of going, shut the fuck up. I have to get up in fucking half an hour. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? And she turned around and said to me, I've got an awful pain in my back. I, I says, they've invented medications now to relieve pain. Maybe take one of them. And she said, no, but it keeps coming and going. And I just thought, ring, ring, <laughs> coming and going, you say. Pain in your back. Quick, honey, pick an outfit. We're going to the hospital. And she looks at me, she said, for what? I said, by the sounds of it now, don't call me doctor. But by the sounds of it, you are having a fucking child. And she said, sure, I can't be having a child. Seven weeks early. I said, yeah, things come early. You know, but says, children, men, they come early. It happens. We don't want it to happen. It fucking happens. Pick an outfit. We're going. She said, no, I want to go and talk to me ma. I said, go on then. I'll follow you out. So out into the kitchen we went. She woke up her mother who wasn't asleep in the kitchen, mind. She was asleep in her own room, but she woke her up walking around the house. And she explained to her mother what was going on. You know, I've got pains in my back, comes and goes. And I'm standing in the kitchen behind her, looking at her mother going, she's going to the hospital. That's it. I'm not risking this. Pains in her fucking back. And she turned around and said to me, the wife did, it's just food poisoning from the McDonald's. Because we, we went through the fucking drive-thru the day before. You know, a quick... Easy fucking bite to eat in the evening time. I said, it's fucking not food poisoning. We're going to the hospital and that's it. And her mother looked at her. And what I heard was, you listen to this man now. There's a reason I agreed for him to marry you. He wouldn't steer you wrong. He's a good one. He is a good man. Listen to him. What she actually said was, I think Shane's right. You should probably just go on case. Either way, I was fucking right. So I says to her, come on, we're going. And she agreed. It took a fucking long time to convince her, but she agreed. Got down into the car. I loaded her in myself. Loaded her in myself. And we took off. I was driving a little grey fucking sedan Corolla at the time. Mighty car until it decided to shit itself. And we're flying down Lutwich Road. And there's loads of traffic lights on that road. And we got every one of them was red. Typical shite. And at every traffic light, all I heard was, Aah! I said, here now, piece of advice. Listen, if you have this child in my car, don't worry, I'll feed him. You will clean the car. It's going to make a fucking mess in my car. I'm not cleaning it. So just hang on a few more minutes. We're nearly there. And again, the next red light, the next red light, the next red light. The screams and the, the crying out in pain was getting closer together and I thought, fuck, we haven't got lots of time here now. We have not got lots of time. So we got to the hospital eventually. I drove in to where you would like pull up in an ambulance or something, but there was somebody already getting unloaded. So I thought, fuck it. I have to go into the car park. So straight in underground up to the top level where the door was and I found the spot to park right next to the door. It was fucking great. Unloaded her myself again. And threw her over the shoulder and I ran straight for the emergency. Because this is panic now. This is panic. She's in She's in an awful lot of pain. And this woman is the most important person in my life right now. So I have to make sure that she is fucking looked after. So straight through the double doors in the emergency. I'm roared and shouting at these people going, 
quick, help me. This woman, she's having a baby. And she's behind me going, I'm not. I just got food poisoned from the McDonald's. And I said, here, listen now. Fuck off for a minute, doctor. I want to explain something to her. Listen now. There's not an English person alive that's poisoned a fucking potato. How the fuck can you get food poisoning from a McDonald's chip? Just please help my wife. She's in an awful lot of pain. I think she's about to have a child. And they quickly assessed her and said, God, straight up to the emergency, Burton Suite, whatever it was called. And we went straight up there. And it was at the time when they were doing a shift change. So the, the ones that was there was in the night shift and they had 20 minutes left before they were doing a handover. And I didn't like these two. There was one of them in particular now who thought my wife was putting it on. And she kept laughing and kind of sighing to herself and kind of going, Jesus Christ, you know, all this kind of stuff. As if, as if this was a fucking, a, an act, you know. I didn't like her at all. And there was a couple of times now where I asked her what her deal was and she never really responded. But then 20 minutes later, they did their handover and it just so happened that two of the nicest midwives you could probably fucking ask for came in, which was a great help. Great help. They not only looked after my wife very well, they also made sure that I was fucking okay because I wasn't. On the outside, I looked tough. I looked ready. You know, I looked like I was fucking game for this. We can do anything. On the inside, I'm like... It was, it was frightening. So we're in this room anyway. My wife's crying out in pain. They're hooking up to all these monitors, trying to listen to her heart rate, the baby's heart rate, just trying to make sure that everything's all right, that we don't have to rush off and do an emergency procedure or anything like that. And there was all these doctors and nurses and stuff coming in, checking. And I remember this one doctor in particular coming in and she had a look to see how far diluted, dilated, the diluted is Ribena, dilated, my wife was, and she said to her, now, there is something we can do. We can give you a drug that will entice the baby to stay there, hopefully. And he'll settle back down and hopefully he'll see out his time in there and come out when he needs to. I says, there's a drug you can give her. Give it to her. And she said, it may not work. I said, may it work? And she said, it may work. I said, Please give it to her. We don't want a child out seven weeks fucking early. If we can help it at all, we want to keep him in there for as long as possible. So she gave her the drug anyway and she told her, in a half an hour we should know whether this thing is going to work or not. So that was the longest fucking half hour of my life, I tell you that. And it wasn't nice. You know, you feel useless in there as a man. You feel absolutely shy. There's nothing you can do. And the touching on the head and the rubbing the hair and asking her is she alright, that works at home. That doesn't work when she's in hospital roaring and shouting because she tells you to fuck off. A few times now she shouted at me. I don't like to remind her, but a few times she shouted at me. And rightly so, she was in a bit of pain. But the half an hour passed anyway. These doctors came back in. There was fucking loads of them this time. These doctors came back in and you one checked her again and she just looked at me and went, well, that didn't work. I said, okay, so what now? And she said, um, you're just about 10 centimetres dilated. I got it right that time. <laughs> and I said, oh, fuck. So that means, and she said, yeah. And I remember this blonde doctor. She was fair tall now, shocking tall. And she looked me dead in the face and went, we're going to have a baby. And I went, we're not fucking ready. 
Yeah, I was so scared, lads. So scared. So they all just decided to clear out of the room. We wish you all the best. We'll see you later. And they left. And all that was left was myself, the wife, and the two midwives. And they put her up into the stirrup things. And I was thinking, Jesus, here we go now. This is legit happening here. This is actually fucking happening. So the drive on happened, you know. They told her, as soon as you feel air a bit of pressure at all, you you drive that ball, give it a good kick, you know. And you feel shite in there, lads. You feel like you're fucking hopeless. There's nothing you can do. You can only kind of carry on like a junior B manager would in the sidelines in a fucking match. Like, go on. Go on. Get rid of it. Don't get rid of it, obviously. Don't get rid of it. But you know what I mean. And she was pushing fair play to her. God, the, the strength she had now to do what she did without fucking... There was no, there was no crying. There was no tears. As soon as the fucking drive on happened, she, she went dead silent. My missus, she just committed to the job she had to do, and God, I was blown away by it. Absolutely fucking blown away. And then the young fella, she she started going into labour properly at like eight o'clock, and by twenty past eight, he was um he was with us, and he was so small, like so small, just this little fucking tiny thing. Could sit in me hand, his legs could dangle each side of me me wrist, but the rest of him could sit in my hand. He was so small, and it was frightening. It was frightening, and he didn't get to spend an awful lot of time at all with his mother. When he first came out, she got a quick on the chest kind of feel, and then he got whipped off her again, and brought out into a, a different room. And then I, I was there. I didn't know what to do, like, because my wife's after going through labour, so she's obviously her body's in trauma and in stress and. She needs to be comforted as well. But I also wanted to be with him. You know, so I, I didn't know what to do. And I remember looking at her saying, what do you want? Do you want me to stay here with you? Or do you want me to go tonight? And she said, God's sake, just go to the child. So I went out to the child and it just so happened that her mother was outside. We rang her and told her that it was happening. And she was outside, so she went in to look after the wife. And I remember just, you know, standing in the room with the young lad and the nurses were there and they were checking him over and hooking him up to all these monitors and stuff and it's just there's so many feelings going through me at the time I was just absolutely overwhelmed with emotion like I was proud as punch that he was there and he was alive and he was crying you know you have to hear your baby crying when they're born and I was also so scared for him because he was so small so fragile and to have to be hooked up to all these monitors and put into a little box and he spent he spent a month over just over a month in the hospital we had to go and see him every day leave him there every night you know that was a that was a traumatic experience in itself you know especially for my wife you know she just after giving birth to her son and she didn't get to see him for almost 24 hours you know and that that's awful. I, it couldn't be helped. Like he, he needed the, the intensive care and that. But it's just an awful thing to have to go through. So that's the, that's the Burton story. Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, sorry about that there. Now I had to compose myself. I do get a bit emotional now telling that story towards the end. I think it just comes back to me exactly how I was feeling in that room. It just kind of all hits me again at the same time. And it, it gets a bit of a tear going. So I do apologize if I've gotten some tears going with other people. 
was not my intent. I just got carried away telling that story there. So I, I just believe that as hard as it is to be a parent and the challenges that kids possess, you know, it, it is the best thing in the world. And it's the reason that I do what I do. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. The reason I work so hard in my job, it's the reason that I do this other stuff on the side, and it's the reason that I come home in the evenings and do as much as I can to help out. You know, I, I no understanding nor concept of how people can just walk away from their kids or neglect or abuse their kids. It, it just absolutely baffles me. I look at my child every day and think, how lucky am I that I have a child? How lucky am I that I have got this love for my child? And to anyone out there that's in a dark place that has kids and is feeling somewhat suicidal because there's a lot of people, regardless of kids who end their lives without seeking any help, just know that there are little legs on the ground that need their daddy. There are little legs on the ground that need their mammy. Think about your kids. Reach out. Look for some kind of help. There is someone out there to help you. Whether you need to do things anonymously just to get it off your chest, there is a way for you to let go of whatever it is that's holding you down. And it's not going to last forever either. You're not going to constantly be in that depressive state of mind. It's something you're going through right now Or it's something that you've been holding on to for so long that you just really need to let go of. And if you don't let go of it, it's going to consume you. And there are little legs on the ground that need their daddy. That need their mammy. And that's all I have to say with that. I just have some stuff I have to share in that regard. I I tend to write some stuff down that helps me motivate myself every day to keep me strong and give me purpose. So if I could just share this with the group now, I think it's an appropriate time. Okay, here it is. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment, would you capture it or just fucking let it slip? Yo, his palms are sweaty, his knees are weak, his arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already, his mind's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth. That's fucking Eminem, lad. No, it's not. That's some stuff I wrote down myself. That is Eminem, lose yourself. No, it's not. It fucking is. I'm out in Australia now seven years this year. And I love it. It's a great place. Absolutely is. I love the lifestyle. You know, the weather. I really believe that if you do it properly out here, 
it's a very comfortable place to live. You're paid more than enough to have a decent lifestyle without being stupid with your money. But that's where a lot of people go wrong. They end up overdoing it and calling the place ridiculously expensive. And if you do it properly, you have more than enough. More than enough. But there's one thing I really, really dislike about Australia. And that is their fucking weddings. They end way too early. Would you believe me now if I told you? I was at a wedding one time that ended at 10 o'clock at night. Not the night later or the night after that. On the same day, it ended at 10 o'clock. I know. I fucking know. In Ireland, a wedding goes for three days without stopping. The second day is nearly better than the fucking first one. Because the bride and groom are doing the whole wedding thing. They're not having a chance to actually come around and, you know, mingle with people and have proper chats and stuff. The second day is for that. And the third day is just to try and fucking cure you because you're fucked from all the drink. But 10 o'clock, this wedding ended. It was a great wedding, mate. Great wedding. Great people. I kind of felt like I, I really came out of my shell at that wedding. And even my wife's friends said it as well. Jess, it's great to see Shane. He's after coming out of his shell now. You know, we're not used to seeing this side of him. He's a very funny man. And, you know, it's, it, it was lovely to see that they felt the same as I did. Because I'll be honest now, I'm not sure if any of them are listening to this, but I never really felt like I fit in to that little circle, you know, in conversation and, you know, the way of life and stuff like that. I've never really felt like I fit in. These people, in my opinion, have always been steps above me in in life, you know, in occupation and how they hold themselves and all this kind of stuff. I've always just been the digger driver. There's people in this group politicians, doctors, solicitors, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I am just the digger driver. So I never felt like I added anything to it. You know, I always kind of withdrew in conversation and just sat and listened and tried to make sense of what was being said. A lot of the stuff kind of just didn't really comprehend with me because I don't know these types of things. So I never really felt comfortable or that I fit in. But being at that wedding, I really just fucking had a go. And they enjoyed my company and I was fucking enjoying theirs a lot more. Not that I ever didn't, but I was just feeling a lot more comfortable. And it was great. But the only thing was, it fucking ended at 10 o'clock. I remember I was getting the giggles on, the old drink giggles. And I was making my way to the dance floor just to try and shuffle the arse. Like, I, I'm not much of a dancer. I'm a, I'm a mighty good writer, but I'm not much of a dancer. It, the two usually go hand in hand, but not with me. But I, um, I was making my way to the dance floor anyway. And I was standing beside this one, just kind of shuffling from side to side, you know, just trying to make it out like I was doing something. And she turned to me and said, this is the last song and then we have to go. I said, we're fucking not. She said, this is the last one and then we, we have to leave. The bus will be here. I said, fuck off. What time is it? So I took on my phone and I checked it. It was five to ten. I said, well, good God, that should be illegal. That should be illegal. And she laughed. I said, that should be illegal now. So I went outside because I knew the bus was out there. I went out quickly. I had a plan. I had a fucking plan. Climbed up onto the bus and says to the bus driver, do you reckon there'll be air a pub open in the town there now? And he says, yeah, mate. The fucking royal. Fucking royal should be open, mate. I says, any chance now you can take this wedding party to the royal? Yeah, mate. It's all good, I. I said, no bother at all. We'll get off on the royal. So, Everyone was starting to make their way out. Obviously, the, the song finished. Everyone was starting to make their way towards the door. And they all climbed up on the bus and they were all chatting about how great the wedding was. And, you know, it's sad that it ended so fast. And 
I says to them, you know, listen, I've got a plan. I've already cleared it with the bus driver. We are all going to the fucking Royal. And someone said, what? Really? I said, yeah, we're all going to get off at the Royal and just continue this little soiree inside and there. And then once we're finished in there, we can all go home happy. This 10 o'clock is just a little bit too early now. Uh, rules have been broken here. So about 75% of the bus did that, came to the Royal. And it was a great time, great time. I got to chat to some new people again and I had a fucking great time. My missus had a good time. Got to have good chats with our friends there as well. It was fucking fantastic. But to end the fucking thing at 10 o'clock, not a thing wrong with the wedding or the people getting married at all. Just the venues themselves, the end things far too fucking early. My own wedding was out here. That fucking finished at 12 o'clock. Now, to be fair, myself and the missus, we, we were getting very tired now on our wedding day and we went back to our hotel, which was fine, and had a sleep, you know, as you do. And everyone else had to make their way home from the venue 12 o'clock, which is sad for me because in Ireland, we go mad at weddings. Funerals are a fucking celebration. Funerals could go for two days in Ireland. It's, it's just a way of bringing people together and just having fuck loads of drink and having a good time. Jesus, poor old Brady. Fair play to her. They're after putting on a fine spread of sandwiches for her. You know, just, you have a good time no matter the occasion. You just try and make the fucking most of it. But the, just the wedding's ending too fucking early out here and I can't stand it. Can't stand it. Every time I get invited to a wedding now, I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to put on a suit. I'm going to have to show up and smile and have a wonderful time and then leave early. I don't like this anymore. But other than that, I do really enjoy my time out here. There are some other things that I will venture into in um, other podcasts, I imagine. If you have any more questions for me, feel free to throw them at me. This is a section of the podcast where I ask Ryan five quick fire questions and I expect a quick fire answer. Are you ready, Ryan? Oh, yeah. This is going to be good. Let's go. Barry's or Lions? Barry's. King or Tato? Tato. What is your dream position? Doggy style. Football, Ryan. Corner forward. Favourite tractor? Uh, Massey Ferguson. A favourite digger. Uh, a Volvo. Nice, Ryan. And that is going to conclude this week's episode and first episode of the Digger Dad's Pure Shy Podcast. Now, lads, this has been a shorter episode. Future episodes may be a bit longer. I'm not sure. I'll have to listen back to this one and see how well it flows. If there are some areas where I could fucking uh, do better, I absolutely will. And I appreciate any feedback I get. Please head over to Spotify and give me a five-star review if you think I deserve one. Because that will shift it on to other people. And lads, ye think I help ye with your mental health? Ye fuckers help me. And I want to give back. I really want to give back. So this is a space where ye dictate what's being said. Ye are in control of what I talk about. So please, if you've got anything ye want me to talk about, feel free to jump over to my Instagram, The Digger Dad, or comment on one of my TikTok videos, also The Digger Dad. And I will happily meet your requests in topics to talk about, give you shout outs and... Maybe even get future guests on over the phone and stuff. It's very hard for me to get people on from Ireland and stuff because of obviously the distance and the time difference and stuff. But we can definitely try and get them on over the phone and have a bit of a chat and get to know some of your other influencers that you're into. 100% lads. Let's fucking make a thing of this anyway. So I'm going to love you and leave you there. Ryan, have you got anything else you want to say before we go? Yes, I want to give shout out to the dog. 
I also want to give a shout out to all the people that do badminton on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock and a shout out to my friend Josephine. And I also want to say to anyone out there that is struggling, that is finding it hard to get up every day and do the things we have to do, who feels like they're at the end of their rope, remember, there's a reason you're here. There's a reason you're here. You won that big sperm race for a reason, my friend. And it was not to come here and end your life when things got too much. No problem in life, no issue, no burden is too heavy. And you will be missed, my friend, should you feel the need to go. I don't want you to go. Your friends and family, even though you may think you don't have any, your friends and your family would prefer to have you here. So just remember, it's okay to talk. It's okay to let people know you feel sad. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. We're going to leave you there. Take it easy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.